Hey, welcome to Barreled in Truth Podcast. My name is Devin. And my name is Torio. And here on Barreled in Truth, we're going to be talking about all things in life with a biblical reformed perspective while we drink a glass of bourbon and smoke a cigar. Yo, what's going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Barreled in Truth today. Uh, we are here with Chris again. Again, if y'all watched the last one, he will be a regular, man. We're going to have him on a lot. We enjoy his company. Um, Iron Sharpens Iron, man. We love hanging out with him and, you know, just together, just to talk about Jesus, man, and smoke cigars and drink some bourbon. Um, <clears throat> today's episode will be on spiritual warfare, man. There's a lot to be talked about. Um, all Christians go through it um, with spiritual warfare, even talking about the flesh or the devil or demons or whatnot. So, um, we definitely got a lot to talk about. This is a big topic, man. Um, but like always, we're going to start off with what we're drinking, man. What you, what you drinking and sipping on, Chris? Uh, I'm drinking this, uh, Penelope Barrel Select and still this Padron 26th anniversary, 1926th anniversary. So. Yep. What, what still you rocking out with the Placencia. I did switch it up. I'm drinking the Old Forester Statesman. It's really good, man. Excited to be here. <clears throat> facts, facts. Yeah. yeah, I'm still, I still got the, the pledge, the EP Carrillo pledge. Love this steak. And um, I'm actually sipping on some Forrester right now, so I love it, man. This this is a great bottle, great bottle. I need to get me a 1910 or something, 1920. I don't I have, have one in the collection right now. I've tried it. It's very good. I just don't got one in the collection right now. But, <clears throat> but yeah, man, I'm super, super excited um, about this episode, man. Spiritual warfare is such a big topic. Um, but, yeah, Shatoria, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, man, on the topic? Yeah, so, you know, um, I really wanted to do – I really wanted to do an episode on spiritual warfare because it's something that every Christian faces. And I think that we don't we don't give it enough light, especially in our reform camps. Facts. You know, we we don't talk about it enough, but we need to have a biblical perspective of spiritual warfare because we have an enemy that is seeking to kill, steal and destroy. Yep, for my life and you know if you're not prepared for the attacks of the enemy you're gonna have a long life it's gonna be rough well you ain't lying and you know a popular passage that um you know when we talk about spiritual warfare and things of that nature typically you know i love to look at ephesians chapter six where paul talks about the armor of god um and he talks about you know how you know our enemy is not man, but there's something more out there. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is just our own experiences with spiritual warfare and, you know, what that looks like. And, you know, we've all had our experiences with it. I definitely have. And um, I think when we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, we deal with that in every area of our life. Marriage, you know, your own you know, personal growth and sanctification, your day-to-day life, you know, temptation, everything can really go back to the attacks of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, man, I think that, you know, spiritual warfare is such a is such a big topic because it goes into so much, you know, um, it goes into Sola Scriptura, right? You know, talking about the Bible, you know, in, in the in the Reformed community, we know that the Bible is sufficient and scripture is sufficient and and we have to remember you know that that god primarily speaks through us through scripture right he brings that to our memory right he brings that up when we're going through these struggles and and trials and tribulations throughout our life and the seasons we're going through um so man spiritual warfare in itself is is such a huge topic because it goes into everything that we believe in and everything that we hold close to us man it does i think the 
for me, <clears throat> having been a Christian, I'm 48. Uh, I felt like God saved me when I was 12 years old. And immediately upon that sal salvific experience, I felt this this pull and this call towards ministry. But when you, for me, <clears throat> there's obviously, <clears throat> biblically speaking, two pictures of spiritual warfare, right? The Ephesians 6 passage that talks about we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rules of the air, the enemy, you know, so Paul goes on to explain the armor of God and what that looks like for us. And that is how we prepare for that spiritual battle. Yeah. You know, I've got several tattoos related to that, the spirit, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and things like that. But so we see that there uh, in, in Ephesians uh, six. And we also, John 10, the enemy seeks to steal, kill and destroy, mm -hmm. which is my wolf tattoo, the silhouette of the good shepherd there. Um, but also as a, as a pastor, um, one of the passages that really, uh, speaks to me is first Peter five. Mm, when, yeah. when Peter is writing to the church and then he kind of, kind of hones in on leadership and elders and that passage there where he talks about Satan being a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour is in relation to elders and leaders. And I have felt that on so many different levels, mm. uh, how the enemy comes after me in my own heart my own mind, my family, uh, you know, Jess and I have uh, kind of a running joke sometimes where, you know, Satan's always knocking at the door at, at, at the 106, you know, where we live. But so we have that spiritual battle, which is warfare against the enemy who, who can't take my soul, but he can, he can take my joy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I think that, you know, the enemy I don't think he even, he doesn't even necessarily have to try to get you to walk away from the faith or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the schemes of the enemy is to keep you busy, Yo. to keep you, you know, Guilty. meditating on the things Facts. that are not of God. Mm -hmm. You know, if the enemy can keep, you know, things on your mind that are not of the Lord, mm -hmm. that's a win for him. Yeah, yeah, man, it really is, and and I wanna I wanna set this standard right now for all of us and the listeners. Like, this episode is gonna get messy, you know. Like, I'm not gonna hold anything back from what goes on in my own head because this is what this podcast is about is raw about what we really feel. You know, you guys get to see pastors <coughs> Chris Chatorio, you get to see them at the pulpit, but a lot of times in big these big churches, you don't get to see what that pastor goes through outside of it, you know. And that's what I love about this podcast and what Chris was going to go into a sec, you know, here in a second is we also, the other enemy that we deal with is the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. And the, that, right. that, that is to me the worst enemy, bro, because the flesh to me is like our fleshly desires are not godly desires. It's not what we're supposed to do on our walks and our growth and, Man, the flesh will mess you up <laughs> quicker and faster than anything because it's all about what we want, right? We want to make our flesh happy. So it's easy to sin. It's easy to do stuff that we're not supposed to do. Like, you know, Carly talked about this the other day when we were having our reading that, you know, when you're on fire for God, it's easy to read your Bible because you're on fire, right? It's something you want to do. It's almost right. a fleshly desire to read the Bible because you're on fire, but... It's whenever you're not on fire anymore, when that flesh starts kicking in, hey, you're tired, man. Just go to bed. Mm -hmm. Hey, you've had a long day. Go play the game. Hey, you, you've you been doing a lot. 
just go watch some TV. You don't got to read today. And that one day turns into one week, turns into four weeks, turns into two years. And now you're so far that you have to work like crazy just to get back. And we know that grace wins the long game and then this is a crawl, right? It's not a sprint. So now you're crawling all the way back to where you once were because you let the flesh start messing you up. Sure. Um, yeah, so we have the two <clears throat> biblical pictures and imagery of, of spiritual warfare where we do battle the enemy um, who, <clears throat> you know, Satan will, will come after you. And one of the ways that, that the enemy comes after me, and then we obviously have the flesh, and so we see that in Romans 7, we see that in Galatians 5, uh, those two biblical pictures there uh, of the flesh and you know, Martin Luther kind of coined that phrase. Someone also said peccator. So we're at the same time, both righteous and sinner. When, when the Holy Spirit regenerates our heart, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our body. Come on. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is at that, from that moment until we die, changing us and conforming us into the image of Jesus and the flesh never goes away. So, and, and the flesh is the arena of self-willing, self-assertion, self-exaltation, self-gratifying. Oh, that's good. So the, so the flesh is all about self. And yep. we are never more anti-Jesus if we look at Philippians 2. Come on. We're never more anti-Jesus than when we're selfish, and we're never more like Christ than when we're selfless. And so Come on. that's a big battle that, that you know, the, the flesh wages war against the spirit and the mm. spirit against the flesh. And we see that in Galatians 5, but... If we're, if we're talking about the spiritual warfare of the enemy, yep. um, you know, the enemy has has always come after me. He never he never wants me living in the freedom of the gospel. Come, come on. on. He, he attacks our identity. And my identity from the moment that, that God saved me and I became a follower of Jesus and, and, and I went from being a child of wrath to a child of God, the enemy has always attacked me in terms of guilt and shame and and when i'm when i'm when i find my identity in my shame as a sinner when i find my identity my identity in, in the guilt associated with my sin not only my sins but sins that were committed against me um I, it, it takes away the joy of living in the freedom of the gospel because mm. jesus didn't just die for the penalty of sin, he died for the guilt and the shame Come on. of sin. Yeah, you know, according to Isaiah fifty-three, and so that is one of the great battles for me, and it's been that's been a mental battle and a spiritual battle for me my, the entirety of my life. And so, um, you know, again, I've got some, I've got a demon tattoo in her bicep <laughs> in terms on. of we fighting not only like bro. outward demons, but the inward demons that I've that I've had to fight my entire life. Um, and I'm so grateful for the patient love of the Father, uh, and his and his his gracious disposition towards me as a son, being patient with me in that, mm. and not only being patient with me in that, but also equipping me to fight that battle. Yeah. You know, with the presence of His Spirit, and you know, um, so so that that inward battle of the way the enemy attacks me, he attacks me in those areas more than anything. And like you said, I mean, the, the enemy loves to keep me busy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because if he can keep me busy, he can, you know, when you're, um, when you're exhausted, you're vulnerable. Yep. Come on. Uh, you know, even when, when Jesus is on the eve of his crucifixion, he's, he's praying diligently 
and he just simply asked his disciples to pray with him. Yeah. Yep. And one of the things he, he comes to, and they're asleep. And the reason they're asleep is because they're tired. They're exhausted. They're, and he says the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep our flesh weak so that we're vulnerable for spiritual attack to fall into sin, to get entangled in sin, or to get off track in, in what God has called us to do. Um, and those are some areas, you know, I've had battles with inner demons. I've had battles with the flesh, obviously, um, and, and battles with literal demons um, that, that are not fun to talk about. They're not fun to experience. And, mm-hmm. um, I remember reading the book Church Planter that Darren Patrick wrote, who's one of the co-founders of Acts 29, and he said, if you don't believe in demons, try church planting. Um, Come on. That's a fact. um, I've been a part of uh, three church plants now, and and I can just tell you that demons are real, um, and and, uh, they're coming. If you don't believe in the attacks of the enemy, get married. Come on, bro. You'll find out real quick. Yo, and, and, and I want to say, too, you know, I'm talking about just the love of the Father real quick, man, because I can I can confidently say that we've all heard that voice in our head saying that you don't deserve this. I've heard it. I've heard you don't deserve this. I've heard you don't you don't deserve to be going into ministry. You don't deserve this happiness, what you've done in the past. You don't deserve. I've heard that. And it's a it's a sobering and I'm trying to keep my composure but like it's a it's a sobering thing and it's so beautiful to know that we have a loving God that no matter that we are repeat offenders of sin and constantly commit idolatry and adultery towards him that he still loves us I love the passage where Peter denies him three times and the look in God's in Jesus's eyes are I love you like know that we, that we are constant offenders of this and we repeatedly do these things to him but he still loves us when we don't when we know we don't deserve it we know that we're not good people we know that we don't deserve this joy and happiness but he came here and he died on the cross for us and he loves us and that's just that's something that constantly plays in my head man yeah um in James chapter 4 verse 7 this was a verse that I really cling to when I was in youth ministry. Um, but in James chapter four, verse seven, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I love what Kent Hughes says about it. He says, there are two views which the Christian ought to cult- cultivate with all that he has, the devil's back and the face of God. Come on. And so there's this, you know, there's this idea here, you know. As a Christian, our posture should be one towards looking at the face of God. You know, um, the enemy does not sleep. The enemy does not take any days off. Come on. And the enemy knows the word of God. I'm about to say, yo, the devil's a theologian, bro. I mean, he, 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 knows, he knows the value of the word of God. And so... If we are not submitting ourselves under the leadership of the word of God, if we're not staying guarded, if we are not seeking the face of Christ, we open up the door for the enemy to attack. Come on. And, you know, I love what Chris said. He said that, you know, um, if you don't believe in demons, you know, be a part of church planting. I mean, I tell you what, man, being a part of Karis Church, you know, planting Karis Church. 
I have experienced a whirlwind of attacks from the enemy. Sorry, my daughter's texting me. Um, oh, you good? You good? Are you good? But I've experienced a whirlwind of attacks from the enemy in church planning from hearing the enemy just spew lies in my mind, you know, from numbers to, you know, people not taking, you know, church serious and all these different things to discourage me. Mm. And, you know, I have to run to the word of God and I have to run to prayer. Um, The enemy, you know, I tell I tell our uh, community group all the time, you know, you take a day off if you want. Take take a day off from pursuing Jesus. Yep. You know, t- take a day off from pursuing the Word of God. The enemy not. Well, I'm telling man, if you you give the enemy an inch, he takes a mile, bro. He takes more than a mile. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like it's it's crazy, man. And I'm so I'm I'm uh you know one of the worship leaders at Karis Church, man, and um you know all three of us are in leadership roles, and I've seen that as well. You know, um, big time when it comes to church planting, man, just you know, not seeing the numbers you want to see or the enemy putting thoughts in your head of, you know, why are people not showing up? Or even thoughts in your head of, man, I show up every single Sunday. I can miss one. I've, you know, I've had that happen to me before, man, but I, something that I have really tried to do um, that Jesus really like put, like the Holy Spirit really put on my mind whenever I started taking that leadership role in worship was every morning before worship, I pray with the with the worship team and we always pray the same prayer. I always say the same thing of we're worshiping for a one man audience today. That we're leading the worship. We're not we're not putting on a show for these people in the congregation. We're leading them to Jesus here. This is what we need to do. We need to remember that. No matter if there's one person out there or two hundred people out there, God still hears us no matter what. And that's who we're ultimately praising today. Yeah. And that has to be the constant reminder in church planting because you're still getting your feet on the ground. You're still getting people coming in. You're still trying to figure out what's going on when it comes to church membership and stuff like that. Like people are, you know, joining, but then not. And not you know, I mean, it's just it's just a whirlwind of emotions that come with church planting, bro. And it's hard. That's why so many church plants fail. Yeah, eight out of ten uh, church plants fail. That's crazy. Uh, eight out of ten. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm gra- I'm grateful for a few things. Uh, when when you talked about you know the enemy coming at you, talking about your you, you don't deserve this, and one of the things that I've struggled with my entire life is a sense of self worth, and um, I'm I'm really grateful that as an adult, and I look back over my life and look at some of the silly ways that I tried to find self worth, um, even as a Christian, um, some of that is was in ministry. If I can be quite honest, I think that's one of the dangers and one of the traps of the enemy is to is to get the pastor to find his worth and his identity and his calling. Come on, um, wow! And uh, when you fall into that trap, you you fall into the the danger of pursuing the American dream of church. And and uh, mm. I, I'm grateful that God freed me from that. Yeah. But um, you know, my answer to the enemy. Uh, when the enemy comes to me and talks about, you know, I, I don't deserve this. My answer is you're, you're, you're right. Yep. 100%. Uh, I, I, I don't deserve this. That's the beautiful part of grace. You know, come on. And that's, oh, that's, that's so where, good. 
I rest because at the end of the day, um, no matter what happens in my calling and ministry and church planting and preaching, and if I never preach another sermon, if, you know, if, if Kara's church closes next week, um, you know, there would be a part of me that would be really sad and somewhat devastating. Yep. And I would go to sleep that night knowing that God loved me. Yep. Wow, Come so on. good. Um, I would go to bed knowing that, that I was still a son. Uh, and that's where I rest, you know, and that's what, that's what keeps me grounded and focused in my call. It's, it's not about me, yeah. yep. you know, it's, so that, that sort of spiritual warfare, I've somewhat settled, you know, in my heart and my mind. And I'm really grateful for God and his work in my, in my heart in those areas, because I don't, I don't deserve grace. That's the definition of grace. Come on. And and yep. all of this, you know, God showed me grace and salvation, but everything after that is just grace upon grace. And, I, you know, my sweet bride hand wrote that, and I got it tattooed on my arm because, you know, uh, when I look back over my own story and my own grace journey, uh, all, I, all, I, all I keep thinking about is just grace upon grace. That's and, right. And it's not, it's not, a fairy tale by any means. That's right. Uh, but it's 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 a grace journey. It's a grace journey of God continuing to show me grace upon grace. I've never everybody that that surrenders to ministry kind of surrenders to ministry with with goals and ideas and what that looks like. And again, I fought that I fought that for a long time in my own life because one of the reasons I thought that was I felt unworthy of that calling. Yep. Uh, Tell you, bro. But God is a gracious father. Uh, and and God reminded me through the truth of his scriptures and like none of these guys deserve this. Come on. You know, Moses right. killed a dude and, and fled and ran and wanted to be a shepherd. Yo. That wasn't his calling. My man Paul persecuted Christians, bro. Yeah, Saul of Tarsus was a persecutor of the church. David was an adulterer and a murderer. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of people who were unworthy, not only of salvation, because we're all unworthy of salvation, but the call unto ministry and to be a, a, a prophet or a spokesperson of God through the proclamation of his word. No one deserves that. Yeah. Um, so when the enemy That's comes so at me in that way, I'm like, y you're right. I remember I was on a mission trip one time, and listen, I'm, I'm whiter than white. Like I got a little bit of flavor, you know what I'm saying? I like Hennessy. You know, I was born in Black History Month. I, you know, I got a little bit you of got, flavor. You got to see it at the cookout, bro. You got to see it. I got to see it at the fish fry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. But I remember being in Harlem, right? And uh, this dude walked up to me with some expletives and some very colorful language, and and told me, "You you don't belong here." And I was like, "You're right, but I'm here." Right. <laughs> I, I'm here. You want to talk? Right. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so when the enemy comes at me with that, like, I, I'm so grateful for God's grace and, and um, his loving kindness towards me in that to consistently remind me that that at the end of the day, like, my identity is not in preaching. It's not in ministry. It's not in pastoring. It's not. My identity is in being his son. And being husband to Jess, and being father to Austin and and Scout and Jackson, mm -hmm. and no matter what else happens, I can go to bed every night knowing a few things: I am his, and he is mine. 
Come on. And I'm theirs and they're mine. And nothing else matters. Nothing else matters to me. And that's so that's so freeing, man. You know, when you when you get to that point in your grace journey, when you when you get to that point of resting in Christ, Theocast talks about this all the time, about constantly resting in Christ. Because we all, apart from Christ, we all have this Christ-shaped hole in our heart that can only be filled by one person, and that's Christ. That's right. We all fill that void when we are away from Him, we, when we feel distant from Him. And we, we have to continuously remind ourselves that He loves us no matter what. No matter if we stray to the left or we stray to the right, He's always here. What do we talk about? What does reckless love say? He will leave the 99 to come get the one. Mm-hmm. He loves you. Yeah. And one of the ways that the enemy will come after you is your mind. Yep. 100%. Um, and part of my, you know, X29 assessment and personal counseling and things that I went through, uh, one of the books that was recommended to me was The God Shaped Brain. Because I can remember in my 48 years on this planet, you know, never, ever, ever, even before I was a Christian, I never questioned the existence of God. Right. Ever. But the the one question that I did have was, does he love me? Wow. Uh, and does he Whoa, care? And, and, and the God-shaped brain kind of helps us kind of go back to the garden and, and, and kind of unpacks all of Scripture and, and who God is in his nature. And that um, at the end of the day, God loves me. And we can't get over that. No, nah. I, I, I won't get over that. And so, right. you know, I'm, I'm so grateful it, with all of the spiritual warfare that I, that I have gone through with the enemy, with demons, with internal personal demons, with the flesh, um, God's disposition and his posture towards me never changes. Come on, Come on, bro. Because the flesh doesn't go away. That's so good. Um, and the enemy doesn't go away. The flaming darts are always coming. Come on, always. And one of the ways that he comes after us is our brain. You know, I remember, again, struggling with this idea of, of this call. Um, and I've only had, I've been in ministry since I was 20 years old, so I'm pushing 30 years now. God, I'm almost 50. Um, old man. <laughs> so, um, Black don't crack. You good. <laughs> you good, cousin. Yeah. So um, I remember I, I left uh, a church that I was at for almost six years. And it was a church that I loved deeply. And, uh, you know, God really kind of grew me there and grew the ministry. And uh, I saw God do a lot of really, really good things there. But I left on some bad terms and I ended up leaving there to go to a church plant uh, with Acts 29 with Alex Early. Alex, I love you. I'm grateful for you and your friendship. Um, and I moved to Noonan, Georgia. And um, I remember uh, one night just being so restless. I couldn't sleep. And uh, so I got up and went to the couch. And I knew the enemy was after me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... I was up all night, kind of in and out, and and so I'm I'm laying there, and and I feel something over me, and you know if if someone walks into your room, yeah. you know that someone's there. You feel it. You feel that. Yeah. And I felt this presence over me, and I felt this presence get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to my face, and um, 
I didn't see this presence, but I, I felt this presence and I audibly heard this presence uh, get really, really, really close to my ear and tell me to get out. And um, I remember uh, just praying to God in that moment uh, and, you know, talked to Alex about that and uh, some other other people in my life that were close to me. And in that season of my life, I was going through a lot of things and I would be having just kind of violent imageries of uh, suicide and, and, and things like that. And, and so the, in, this, this was obviously the enemy. Jesus doesn't talk to me that way. Come on. A shepherd doesn't talk to a sheep that way. Yep. You know, um, and I felt like that was the enemy is telling me to get out of ministry. And, and so I'm really grateful that, you know, although I, I had been out of ministry for a season after that for, for uh, a few different reasons, I'm really grateful for uh, a loving father um, and the, the people that he put in, in my life to kind of get me back on track to, to this calling that he had for, had for me since before I was born. Uh, according to Jeremiah. You know, for me, my biggest spiritual battle for the longest time, and honestly, I can say that a lot of God freeing me from it was, you know, through using Christian brothers in my life like you and Devin um, and Michael and, you know, other men of God that God in his sovereignty has allowed me to link arms with, um, some stuff I went through with my in my past, which you guys know, I'm not gonna go into too much detail right now. I'll save that for another episode. But for the longest time, I wrestled with, you know, my calling in ministry being tarnished, and you know, having a voice for the kingdom because of what I went through in my past. And it took me a long time to get to a place where I could say that's not who I am and that's not where my identity is. My my identity is found in Christ. Um, you know, I always go back to that song by Lecrae called Identity. And in the lyrics, he says, I'm not the shoes I wear. I'm not the clothes I buy. I'm not the house I live in. I'm not the clothes I drive. I'm not the job I work. You can't define my worth by nothing on God's green earth. My identity is found in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I love that song. Um, and through reading the book of Ephesians, I have spent the past four or five years really taking a deep dive into the book of Ephesians, getting my identity right. Yeah. Um, because for the longest time, I felt like I was unworthy of being in ministry, carrying the name of a Christian. And I all, and I, for the longest time, I felt like I had no business ever preaching again. I had no business being a part of anything in ministry because of my past of some stuff I went through and you know, the enemy for the longest time 
would rear his ugly head and really just hit me with that. Yo. Um, and I'm thankful, especially for my bride, because God has used her to remind me of my worth in Christ. Um, and, you know, the enemy, the enemy knows the things that we've been through. He knows our weaknesses. And oftentimes he tries to use our weaknesses as a means to keep us still, to keep us stagnant and to keep us from walking, you know, in the purpose in which God has called us in Christ. And, you know, the only thing I can do is run to the cross. Yeah, That's man. why the gospel is so important. That's why at Barrowed in Truth, we make much of Jesus and we, we give Amen. you guys the gospel on every episode. Yo. Because it is only in the gospel of Jesus Christ that we rest in where we can overcome the attacks of the enemy and the temptations of the enemy and the and all of his attacks. Um, you know. Yeah, man. Just because we're Christian, it does not mean that you're not going to face battles. Spiritual warfare is real. And as Pastor Chris said, demons are real. Yep. But we do have an advocate in Christ Jesus, you know, where we find our rest in. And he's given us a weapon. Um, and that's why, you know, I started off the episode, you know, really hitting on Ephesians chapter six, where the Apostle Paul talks about the armor of God. Um, you know, he says, you know, put on the whole armor of God. And he's using this analogy, you know, you know, we rest in Christ and we rest in his righteousness. We rest in all that he has for us, the truth of the gospel. And we do have a weapon and that weapon is the word of God. Come on. And there are going to be sometimes in your life where the only thing you can do. Is speak scripture over yourself. Amen. I mean, that's I, I can't I can't tell you how many times I've had verses that I just cling to. Yeah, for sure, man. Where the only I, you know, I'm feeling the attacks of the enemy. I'm I'm thinking of I'm I'm sitting in guilt, which I know I don't need to be doing. You know, I'm 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 thinking about how I messed up the, last night, the day before. I'm thinking about how how maybe I dropped the ball as a husband this week or something. And the only thing that I can rest in is the promises of God and the truth of Scripture. Yeah, man. Um, you know, so I, I I want Christians to be equipped to deal with the attacks of the enemy. Um, you know, with my bride, she she struggles with anxiety and depression and oftentimes the enemy will put thoughts in her mind. We had a conversation this week, actually last night, it was a very heavy conversation. I actually didn't get to talk to you about it. Uh, Devin, I guess I'm talking to you about it on air. Right. Come um, on. but we had a very hard talk of her just kind of telling me how she sees herself. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you it broke my heart, bro, like she was telling me how she sees herself when she looks in the mirror because the enemy has fed lies in her mind um, that, you know, you don't look like, you know, girls on magazines. You don't look like this. You don't look like that. And I mean, she's literally crying, talking to me about this. And it just broke my heart 
because as a husband, you want your bride to know she's the prettiest thing on planet Earth. Facts. And to, I mean, to the point where, you know, I'm not going to get into too much detail because it's her story. It's her testimony to share. It's her story to tell. But And they will. But she, to the point of talking about surgery. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart, man. Because that's nothing but lies from the enemy. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, my wife went through that. Uh, Carly actually did that. She was constantly getting badgered by that with the enemy, and she actually had surgery. Uh, you know, she went through gastric bypass, and um, it was very hard for me uh, because not only that surgery, <clears throat> but um, leading leading after that surgery, she's had a lot of problems. She's had a lot of complications um, that kind of happened uh, throughout some stuff, and that's, that's a lot for her to tell, but... Um, that has been one of the main focuses of the enemy for me is, uh, through Carly, man, because through these surgeries, that's a difficult time. Um, when you're watching your wife go under the knife, you know, um, when you hear the doctor tell, tell me that, you know, a, she, there is a chance that she couldn't make it out. I don't want to hear that, you know? Cause my wife is, she, she quite literally saved me from myself. Right. Um, I, and, and I'll get into this more, but one of the main spiritual things that's happened to me, the enemy attacked me with love. Um, because growing up, I felt distant from love because of, you know, how my parents were and stuff like that. And I grew up without a dad. Um, uh, you know, my mom had some stuff going on or whatnot, but you know, I grew up thinking that people didn't love me. <clears throat> And I, the enemy constantly told me that that was my fault. You're the reason that they don't love you. You need to do this to, to you know, you need to, you, you're not worth their love. That's why they don't love you. Um, that messed me and Carly up when we first got together. That's why in high school, I went from girl to girl to girl to girl. I didn't care. I didn't, it wasn't nothing for me because I was like, oh, they don't care about me anyway. Why should I care about them? Um, it messed me up a lot. <laughs> and, uh, that's what kept me away from the church for a long time was because I was like, man, I've always believed in God. I grew up in the Southern Baptist church with my grandmother. Um, I've always believed in God. I always knew he was there, but I always thought that there's no way that he could love me because I've stayed away from him this long. And the enemy always put in my head of, you know, what you're doing is why they don't love you. So to me, I was like, you know, me not going to church, me not reading my Bible, me not praying like I should. That's why you don't love me. So I can't go to church now. Because I, I don't I don't want to be there, you know, and um, you know, God at the worst time of one of the worst times of my life, I was homeless. My car was taken from me. My house was taken from me. All my belongings. I had a, a garbage bag full of my clothes, and I didn't even have shoes on. I was sitting in a Dollar General parking lot, and my buddy came and picked me up. <clears throat> I had nowhere to go. Um, I found Carly. We've been together for eight years ever since. Praise and God, she bro. quite literally saved me from myself because, you know, that day, whenever I was a Dollar General, I've I thought about suicide. I thought about not wanting to be here no more. Like how easy would it be for me just to off it? Just done. I don't I don't have to deal with this emotion anymore. The enemy is attacking me so much and I can't handle it. I can't do this by myself. I don't know what to do. God help me. That was my prayer. Like, look, I know I don't pray to you. I know I don't do that, but God, I need your help now. This is hard. 
I can't do this by myself. And God said, all right, son, I'm going to help you. But I'm going to help you by sending you someone that's going to challenge you more than your challenge right now. But it's going to be for a good reason. Because unconditional love is giving you someone that doesn't meet all your conditions. So Carly came into my life and she quite literally saved me from myself because Jesus worked through her to challenge me in ways that I thought I would never be challenged. I am a completely different man because of that woman, because of Jesus working through that woman to change me into who I am today. And I, and I, I have to give her and Jesus all this credit. And of course, it's, it's ultimately Jesus working through her to do this to me, right? But it's just so mind-boggling on how he can do this, you know, how he can change a wretched sinner, which I still am. I'm not perfect by no means. I mess up every single day. But how he can change me from what I, where I was to where I am now is, is insane. I never thought I would be here sitting with two pastors talking about Jesus and loving it to enjoy talking about Jesus every single day, every conversation I have at some point in time Jesus has brought up. We talk about where our heart's at, where we spend our time, right? And I, I spend a lot of time with Jesus now, and I can tell you right now, and anybody can tell you, my, Barry, he comes to church now, right? Barry told me the other day, man, I never thought that you would pursue ministry. And that, I... I that's that's insane to me, man. To to be that to, for Won't for God to work through people and to work in me and just completely change my life to, from where I thought it was gonna go <laughs> to where it's actually going. Like the future that's actually in store for me is nuts, man. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was you know while we've been talking, I was sitting here thinking about. John chapter 8, when Jesus is talking to the Jews, one of the things that he said, he was talking about, you know, everyone who practices sin is a slave and talking about setting us free from sin. And one of the things that Jesus said, he says in uh, verse 36 of John chapter 8, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Um, and obviously, exegetically, he's talking about salvation there. But I think there's some application there to you know the position we are as christians you know we're set free um and i and i tend to go back to that a lot you know i have my freedom in christ and i can rest in christ in spite of the spiritual warfare that i may go through and i think one of the marks of spiritual maturity is recognizing that god will allow you to go through spiritual warfare to sanctify you and to grow you come on um you gotta be cut you man. know i we see all these deliverance ministries and i ain't hating on deliverance i ain't i ain't, I ain't hating on being delivered from you know attacks of the enemy i get it but when we make an idol out of being delivered we lose sight of the fact that God can use even 
a season of spiritual warfare that you may go through in his sovereignty, him allowing you to go through that to grow you and to mold you and to shape you. And that 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 is what shows the spiritual maturity, bro. When you can take a season like that, which we've seen recently, people that take a season of of hardship, of trials, and turn that into ultimately the glory to God. That we see that in in Christians that go through this because God uses these things to 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 mature us in that, man. To show us that everything is ultimately glory to him and we have to rest in that. No matter what's going on, we've experienced Seth and the family recently. We've had some people, um, you know, go through some some troubling times recently. And to be able to have the spiritual maturity to say, God, you're sovereign. I know that you love me. I know that this is ultimately for your glory. That's that's very hard to do in that time. In that season, that becomes very difficult. It's so much different to sit behind this mic and talk about the sovereignty of God than to walk by it. It's very different. That looks yeah. completely different. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when um, when you talk about being set free, you know, and obviously, if if we're set free in salvation, that that is what sets us up for our sanctification and our walk with Christ. That's right. So, when we talk about the the attacks of the enemy, you know, no one's ever. I won't be delivered from that until I die. That's right. Oh, come uh, on. Even even Jesus was attacked by the devil. Uh, Jesus fasted for forty days in the desert, and the enemy came to him and tempted him. Right, attacked him. And Scripture says that Satan left him for a more opportune time, which means he's coming back. That's nope. right. Come on. And Satan will never, ever, ever stop attacking you. And and if you're truly born again, he he obviously can't can't attack you in, in the sense that he can he can get your soul but but he can certainly keep you from resting in the freedom of Christ and That's right. Right, finding your identity as, as a son or a daughter of God and uh, he will keep you uh, keep your attention and your mind focused on finding your identity and in, in, in worldly values which is ultimately at the end of the day idolatry yeah. yep come on uh, and, and so you know Time won't permit us to get into all of that, you know, right. our, you know, the totality of our own personal stories and things like that. I mean, I barely scratched the surface on the battles that I've oh, faced. Yeah, barely. Oh, yeah, barely. Um, and that's a whole episode in itself. You know, with, with my story and things like that, you know, which go all the way back to childhood and, you know, things like that. So I don't know how much time we have. I don't want to necessarily dive into that in its totality right now. Right. But, I, I do but we, will. That, we will. We <laughs> will. I do want to say that, um, you know, when – we're trophies of God's grace. I love that. I love that. I uh, love that. I'm not oh, a I need to get that tattooed, of, <laughs> bro. Uh, I'm, I'm not a trophy of um, my own personal growth and my own personal worth and my own things that personal accomplishment. What? I'm not a trophy of Chris Hall's accomplishments. The internet needs come to on. hear that. Uh, I'm a trophy of God's grace. Yeah, mm. come on. And, and there's nothing good that dwells within me. Right, I will echo what Paul said in Romans seven. There's, there's there's nothing good that dwells within me that's in my flesh. Wretched man, but that I, I do am. have something good in me, and he's he's the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is in me, I have the ability to fight against the flesh that's still there. And, and the flesh on. is going to wage against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And the more that I feed the spirit and allow the Holy spirit to kind of work in me to fight against the flesh, the less 
the less inner spiritual warfare I will have when Paul says, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't, I, I end up, you know, not doing and the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Yep. That's, that's inner spiritual warfare between the flesh and the spirit. And I see it right there. You know, pray when you don't feel like praying. Come on. Uh, go to church when you don't feel like going to church. Be in community when you don't feel like being in community. Read your Bible when you don't feel Ooh, like reading your Bible. Yeah. Um, that. You know, and, and that's the work of the Spirit. So I can't walk away from that. And there's there's too many people who are preoccupied with building their spiritual resumes and their religious resumes so that people will look at them as, as some sort of personal accomplishment. Ooh. Everything that happens in my life that is good is by God's grace. And, it, and it's not by my own work and my own accomplishment. It's God working in and through me and blessing me in ways that I will never deserve. Boy, listen. Hey, hold on. I got to quote my man from TikTok real quick because my man said, these pastors out here trying to be many stars, not ministers. Boy, Whoa, I'm telling you, bro. That. Hey, when he said that, that, that echoed exactly what Chris is talking about. I love that. that. We are not what our works are. We're, we're not what we what we want to build our spiritual resume of oh i've done this this and this and this we are hey i'm in i'm in christ i'm a wretched sinner wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death paul says that we are we're, we're we have no good that dwells within us so we got to stop being you know pastors got to stop trying to be many stars and be ministers i love that he said that man that was crazy yeah man i you know as we wrap up, you know, I just I want to encourage our listeners to, um, you know, keep fighting the good fight, you know, keep good fighting the good fight of faith, <clears throat> cling to Christ, um, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus, stay in His Word, um, and you know, one day we're gonna see Jesus face to face. We yeah, won't man. cry no more. No more pain, no more suffering, no more spiritual warfare. Yeah, man. I love that, man. Just you guys remember that God is good. We are not. And that we can rest in that because in in, in our weakness, he is strong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we go through this spiritual warfare, but he gives us the tool to get out of that. And that's the Holy Spirit. He gives us that strength. There's There's nothing in this world that I do that I could do on my own strength. Those those long nights with Carly, those long days at work, um, the the spiritual warfare when it comes to church planting, uh, you know, even even doing this tonight, you know, like anything, I can't do none of this stuff on my own accord, on my own strength. I have to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit because man, I'm tired, bro. Can can I end with a yeah? Minute? So yeah, um, close us up. Take the, us home. So the previous <clears throat> recording. You know, we were talking about, you know, the, the tendency to make salvation about us and our own will and our own assertion, us doing our part and things like that. And when I mentioned that, I mentioned this trajectory that it sets us on in our sanctification and being very man-centered in, in, in our walk and our discipleship. And, uh, and so, you know, I see this all the time. We're talking about spiritual warfare. and The Apostle Paul, who talked about... Um, Christ's strength in his weakness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I see all this stuff on social media and I try to stay away from it as much as possible because it's nauseating. But Come on. Um, I see 
these people making their spiritual battles about themselves. You know, posting Come these on. memes and all these stupid pictures about, well, God saves his, his toughest battles for his strongest soldiers and you're puffing out your spiritual chest talking mm, about come how strong on. you so you're making your spiritual warfare about how strong you are and it's not about your strength because if yeah, you rely come on your strength you will fall 100 preach preach um you will fall and it's not about your strength it's about christ being strong in your weakness that's it that's 100%. understand you're you are weak yep you're weak i'm weak when i was going through the toughest battle of my life a very good friend of mine kevin young love you uh called me and said you thought you were strong he said physically you're strong he said you thought you were strong but but you're you realizing right now how weak you are and that's where you need to be because it's in your weakness that christ will be made strong and get you through this wow and i'm grateful for that that conversation that that i had with him that he was that he was strong enough to tell me when I needed to hear it, you know. Yep. And I mean, those are hard conversations that we're going to have uh, with, you know, people in ministry, Christians, Christians in general. Uh, when, when it comes to holding people accountable, man, sometimes, man, you, you, you got to get down in the trenches with them and let, you know, let people know, especially, especially your brothers in Christ. Like, let, let me tell you something, bro. When I text Chris about something I'm going through, I don't get, uh, hey, bud, you know, it's all good, man. Nah, man, my, my man will send me exegeted scripture <laughs> okay and tell me hey just to let you know the way you're thinking is wrong this is how you should think you know we don't but but that's 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 what we need to do as christians because we need to hear that dirty truth bro we need to hear that because that's the only thing you know if if we're preaching the bible man the bible isn't no super seeker friendly five steps to your best tomorrow bro like <laughs> at all it's not that's not what it is so we got to hold each other accountable in the in the correct way man 100%. but man this this episode was crazy you got anything else Shatoria? Nah, man you can take us home man close yeah. us out yeah man this this episode was crazy man i know it was a little bit long man but spiritual warfare is such a a big topic to talk about because man it, it gets into so much and i uh soon i i do want to do episodes it'll be a couple episodes because i want to get michael on here to talk about his story um chris i want him to talk about his and me and shatoria will talk about ours so that'll be you know four episodes right there and we'll just give that whole episode to talking about the te- you know the testimony the grace journey um just what jesus has done in our lives you know um but man thank you guys so much for listening you can find us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok if you want to watch some of the videos, some of the clips and stuff. Um, and you can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasters, which used to be Anchor, um, and Spotify. Um, man, give us a listen. If you guys have any uh, recommendations or any questions that you want to ask us or if you just want to pop in and say, hey, man, I love what you guys are doing. Um, uh, or, or, or what it may be, you know, come by one of our pages, drop a comment, drop a follow. Um, it don't cost nothing to follow. Shatoria loves saying that. It costs no <laughs> money to show love. Make that algorithm get algorithm. to algorithm in. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, man, and you guys, you guys, um, you know, 
drop drop some comments um, on some of our stuff. Unfortunately, um, on some of the podcast platforms, it doesn't let you comment or nothing. But definitely, you know, comment on some of our stuff. Let us know what you want to hear, some topics that we can go through um, and talk about, man. But thank you guys so much again for uh, listening here and tuning in to Barrel and Truth. And, man, listen, y'all keep drinking bourbon, keep smoking your cigars, and keep reading your Bibles. We'll catch you on the next one. Man. Peace. Peace. I wanna hear you